Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Imagine Celine Dion has a podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Shall we go for it? Oh my god, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Oh my god, guys. Jake has a podcast. Jake has a podcast. Oh my god, Jake has a podcast. What is up, everybody? My name is Jake Workman, and this is Oh My Pod, you guys, a musical theater and pop culture podcast. You guys, this week I got to see one Broadway show and one off-Broadway show, and let me tell you, they could not have been more different, and I loved both of them so much. The first was a preview of the new production of New York, New York on Broadway, And the show is directed by Susan Stroman and choreographed by Susan Stroman. So you already know it is an over-the-top musical. And it's currently playing the St. James Theater. And it stars Colton Ryan and Anna Uzele. And y'all, let me tell you, Mr. Colton Ryan is serving it up on a platter. He can sing, he can dance, his acting's phenomenal. You may have seen him on um, TV or in movies before. I recognized him from The Girl from Plainville, which was a TV show that he was on, but he is incredible in this show. And he plays so beautifully off of Queen Anna Uzele, who sings the house down boots in this show. I cannot recommend it enough. It's absolutely beautiful. And it's still in preview, so things are definitely subject to change before their official opening. Um, They've had some help from Sir Lin-Manuel Miranda to tweak things and add additional lyrics to John Kander and Fred Ebb's beautiful already existing songs. But you guys keep an eye on Mr. Colton Ryan because he is something else and I would not be surprised if he was nominated for a Tony for this performance. It is that good. And the show also features some really beautiful performances by Clyde Alves and um, Emily Skinner. I mean, Clyde is one of the best dancers there is on Broadway, and he just so happens to be married to one of the other best dancers on Broadway, Miss Robin Herter. So I, I truly am in awe of this cast and this production. It was gorgeous. You guys, the next show that I was so lucky to see was the off-Broadway production of Titanic, the musical, at the Daryl Roth Theater. And y'all, I cannot describe to you how much I 
freaking loved this show. It stars Marla Mandel as Celine Dion, Celine Dion, and she also co-wrote the show with her co-star Constantine Rizzuli, who plays Jack, and he is unbelievable. And also, the show features the incomparable Miss Carrie St. Louis as Rose. And if you guys stay tuned in the next few weeks, we may or may not have a special appearance by Miss St. Louis on the pod, which I'm so, so excited about. But you guys, seriously, this show was unbelievably funny. It was quick, charming. It was raunchy. And and the singing is out of this universe. It's ridiculous. Also, Marla's impression of Celine Dion is as if Miss Dion is actually in the room. It's so brilliant. And she's throwing new things in every single night. It's clear that her improv is so tuned into what's happening in the world around her. It's just, it's brilliant. And I, I can't recommend it enough. It's also just gay, gay, gay. So run to the Daryl Roth you can catch the show through September. It's it's brilliant. And you guys, speaking of Titanic, we got to dive into this week's Broadway World recap. It was just announced that on April 24th, the company of Titanic and the people at the Daryl Roth are throwing a benefit concert called All Aboard, and it's going to benefit the ACLU's Drag Defense Fund which is in response to this crazy number of bills and pieces of legislation that are going up against the LGBTQIA plus community, um, but specifically targets drag queens and the art of drag. So this is a really important benefit concert. The lineup includes Rosé, who currently stars as Victor Garber in the show. Um, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha will be there, and she's currently on season 15 of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, Drag Race alums Jackie Cox and Alexis Michelle will make appearances. Lauren Allred from The Greatest Showman will be there. New York City drag legends Kiki Ballchange, Castrata, and Laguna Blue will all make appearances. And friend of the pod and brilliant queer activist Marty Cummings will be there as well. So get your tickets now. I mean, you guys, this is an extremely important cause and all of the money is gonna go to the American Civil Liberties Union. Um, we have to work together to fight these absurd drag bans, which honestly, are nothing more than a thinly veiled way to target trans people. And we can't have this anymore. We, we just, it's too dangerous. So um, get your tickets. It's going to be a really brilliant night. Next, we have to talk about a show that's being written by the one and only Titus Burgess. You may know him from his run on the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt as Titus Andromedon, but he is a seasoned Broadway vet with credits like Jersey Boys and originating the role of Sebastian in The Little Mermaid. And now he has written music and lyrics for a new musical that's based on the Whitney Houston film, The Preacher's Wife. And it's going to be premiering at the Alliance Theater in their next season. So I am very excited to see what he has created. And who knows, maybe we will see it come to Broadway. Also, you guys, we have got to talk about it. Sweeney Todd, the Broadway revival, officially opened this week to rave reviews. And honestly, I mean, who who's shocked? It stars Josh Groban and Annalie Ashford as Sweeney and Mrs. Lovett. So I'm not particularly surprised that these reviews are incredible, but it only makes me more excited to see it. 
My dear friend Galliana is making her Broadway debut in the show. I, I just, I have loved this score for so long. I think it's brilliant. And um, the production photos look just stunning. I can't wait to get in that theater. You guys, this was the Broadway World Recap. Oh my pod, you guys, I am so excited to welcome my next guest to the show. She is a fierce performer and she is a fierce ally to the queer community. Please welcome Miss Abby Smith. Hi. Hi. I'm posing like as if people could see my faces that I'm making. <laughs> they can. They can picture it in their minds. Okay. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well. Where are you How calling are you? from? I'm actually in my parents' house in Evanston, Illinois, um, outside of Chicago, where I have, surprise, relocated to Chicago Yes, a couple months ago. Um, and I'm going to move in my own place in a couple weeks, but I'm still at the parents' for now. Fierce. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So, obviously, I'm I'm just sad that I don't get to see you as frequently as, as I often. would like to. I but know, know. Um, tell me about that that leap from New York City to Chicago. What led you, what led you there? Well, I've been thinking about doing it for a while. Um, you know, we all who live in New York know that it's a really hard way of life. It's so expensive. I feel like it's only gotten more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really hard to do when you're, you know, you don't want roommates anymore. I did, I lived the roommate life for a while, but it just, it's even harder. Um, and I, you know, I book work and I, I, I Last year, I was really lucky and and had a really nice year. But even so, I don't know. It's just kind of unsustainable. Plus, I love to drive. I love to go to Target. I love, (laughs) you know, all the things that suburban life uh, allows for. I really miss. And I kind of, in the pandemic, I was was not in um, um, New York City for all of 2020. So I was kind of like, yeah, you know, I really do like having open space and uh-huh. um, more independence with a car. So it, it's been kind of in my brain. And then I went back to the city for 2021 and I was like, yeah, it's too hard. I think I'm ready for a change. Nice. So here I am. And, and I have several friends that live here in Chicago and are working actors. They work all the time. It's a great theater community out here. Um, so I just kind of hit the ground running in January. I've been going to a lot of auditions and um, callbacks. So I'm excited. I feel I feel like I've already started to get some ground here. Yay. I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. Yeah, I mean, I think it's you. it's a really fun reminder that um, you don't necessarily have to be in this crazy fucking place to right. to be a working actor, like you said. And like, yeah. there's there's some like stigma and weirdness, I think, around like, well, you know, she left or like... If you're not in New York, you're not doing it. And it's like, no, no. Right. We're, I know. We're I know. I like here. to, right. I like to like to try to put that out of my brain if I have, but I actually don't even think that I have it because honestly, when I met some friends, uh, I did a show in Maine with um, some people from Chicago uh, 10 years ago. And they were like, oh, yeah, we live in Chicago. We work all the time. I was like, I'm so jealous. You don't have to, like, live in a shoebox and take the nasty train every day. Not that, you know, anyway, the train is wonderful. I love it in New York. but No, it's horrible. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's worse here. So. Oh, great. <laughs> you stick with a car. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm thankful to be here. Well, good. I'm so glad. And you just, oh, you look so happy. I just miss oh, you. It's so good to know, see your face, you. even though it's over, over it video. So um, yeah. we obviously met in 
Aspen, Colorado. I had the mm-hmm. pleasure of being in Gypsy with you. Um, tell me about your experience with with like regional shows like that. Obviously, that was that was not your first time playing Mazeppa in the show. Um, but you've kind of worked all over the place. You are a booked and blessed lady. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I I. I didn't move to the city until um, 2008, but um, yeah, I kind of started doing some regional theater. I was lucky enough, like you said, to do Mazeppa about 10 years ago. Actually, those friends that I know from Chicago were uh, in Gypsy with me. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, um, let's see. Oh, yeah. So I just kind of started working. I worked in Maine. I worked in... Um, Recently, I've worked in Lancaster a couple of times at the Fulton Theater. Mm-hmm. I worked in Oklahoma City, where I went to grad school. Um, last year, I also got to do a show at the Arkansas Rep. Um, I love doing regional theater because you kind of get to know the community that's there. And then, inevitably, I know someone that lives nearby, and they <laughs> come and see the show. Actually, when I was in Aspen this summer... Um, there was a gal who I went to college with who I have not seen since college. And she was like, I'm coming to see your show. I was like, oh, my God, that's so crazy. Yeah, wild. Um, yeah, I love kind of getting con- to connect and and inviting people that I haven't seen in a long time to kind of see what I do. Oh, I worked at um, a theater in Michigan, which is near my sister. And I'm actually going to be doing uh, Kinky Boots there again this summer. So that's exciting. Oh, my gosh. Yay. Well, yeah. I got to see you in Kinky Boots at the Fulton, which was yeah. so fun. I was so I excited to get to see that show. Um, oh, I love it. But, yeah, that's so exciting. I think um, having that, that level of um, comfortability in – being so mobile is really important mm. as a performer yeah. um, because people often forget that, you know, even when you work or live in New York, you're auditioning to leave the city unless you're right. auditioning for Broadway or off Broadway or mm-hmm. somewhere right in the region. You're not, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like you're yeah. auditioning and hoping that like you're going to sublet your place and be gone for five months or whatever. Yep, so yep. like where was Save up some money? Yeah, exactly. Um, where was home base for you then before New York, like while you were auditioning for regional stuff? Uh, so I actually, uh, went to college. I moved back to Houston. I mostly grew up in Houston, Texas. Um, after undergrad, I went back to Houston to work there for a few years at a theater called the AD Players. Um, and then I went to grad school and after grad school is when I decided to move to New York. Um, but yes, I mean, for the last 15 years, New York has always been my home base. So anytime that I did regional theater, it's been from New York. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, um, I I actually really loved getting to stay in my own apartment. When you get booked in a show, you, you usually get your own apartment. And a lot of times it's nicer than the one I had in New York. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I get to do my show routine, make myself breakfast in the morning, warm up, do my show. And then, you know, when you're in a, when you're in a cast, that kind of becomes your family for the length of the contract. And I love meeting new people and, um, you know, finding out what whatever is going on in that town. In Aspen, we had a great time. We did some hiking. Uh, yes. We were at the pool. It was a fun time. <laughs> that was so fun. I mean, uh, we were we were particularly lucky with with the <laughs> the surroundings that we had in Aspen. So yeah. that only contributed to the. Experience, I mean, that's another but... thing is a lot of times. Um, 
you know, theaters are in sort of resort areas. So you get to go to a lot of cool places. Yes. Any place that can sustain, um, you know, a subscriber base is is going to be a cool area in our artsy community a lot of times. Totally. Well, and I just, I knew from the moment that I met you that we were going to be fast friends, but getting to just like go out in Aspen and <laughs> do the, the silly hiking things and everything was like the best part. Um, so tell fun. me about... Um, your, your undergrad, was that also in Texas? That was in Arkansas. That was at a school called Harding University in Searcy, Arkansas. And it's a small, um, liberal arts church of Christ affiliated college, which is the denomination that I grew up in. Um, so that's where I went. That's where all my family went. It's kind of like, you know, if your family goes there, that's where you go. Sure. But they, you know, they certainly didn't specialize in musical theater or theater, um, and I majored in music because, you know, I knew I was, a, I liked to sing, but I, even when I started college, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Gotcha. Um, but I loved doing shows, so I minored in theater. And then after school, I was still afraid to move to New York, even though, ironically, at the time, my parents lived in New York City after I graduated from undergrad. <laughs> I know, but I was like, I don't know. I, I won't be able to compete with the Broadway people. <laughs> Um, so I was like, I'll move back to Houston. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I, I just got an internship at the theater and moved back to Houston because that's what was comfortable for me. Mm. But it wasn't until after I went to, um, grad school at OCU, Oklahoma City University, you know, who, which has such alums as Kristen Chenoweth and Kelly O'Hara. Yes. Um, and OCU was really good about bringing, um, alumni or different people from the business in New York City to the school so we can have master classes and kind of see what it would be like and they're more uh, they're better about you know educating you on what to do once you get to the city and so I kind of the mystery was washed away from it a little bit for me mm-hmm. and besides that all my friends at OCU were going to move to New York so I was like well I guess I can move to New York. My parents do live there. So <laughs> that works out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, so OCU really kind of afforded me the comfortability to go ahead and take, take the, the plunge. Take the yes. Yeah. Wow. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So, and tell me about your parents. If I'm not mistaken, they're both actors, or or not actors, but artists in their own way. Yes, they are. Yeah, so my dad is a voice teacher. He mostly trains opera singers, and my mom is a pianist. So I've been around, you know, opera and musical theater my whole life, and certainly music. Um, So, yeah, at the 
my senior year of high school actually is when they moved to New York City. He he started teaching at Juilliard in the opera program. Yes. And um, so and he was there for I want to say twelve years. So I lived with them for a couple of years, and then actually they moved to. Uh, here they moved here to Evanston, and so now he's teaching at Northwestern, and they've been here about Fantastic. twelve years. Yeah, so um, uh, it's so nice to have them as you know my supporters. They are huge supporters. They have always you know come to every single thing I've been in, um, and also especially right now being with my mom, she's just like a built-in accompanist. I'm just like, hey, yeah. Can you <laughs> It's really nice. <laughs> That's so But also, lucky. even if we just feel like, you know, singing and playing together, we'll just be like, hey, let's just sing something. It's so, it's really fun. It's I love that. Musician parents. Yeah, that's so yeah. special. And I think that it only must have contributed to your affinity for not just musical theater, but just the appreciation of, of the arts in general. And yeah. um, I want to... Not to get too personal, but mm-hmm. I do want to ask you about, um, like, at what point in your life or in your upbringing, did your um, your awareness of the queer community come into play? Because I just, I really do have to say that, like, you are one of my friends who I feel just so embraced by in, in terms of my queerness. And um, yeah. it's so, you're so vocal about it. So, so was that always the case? Were your parents oh, open to it? I or? love that. Yeah, actually, um, that makes me feel really good that you said that because it's certainly my intention to be that way. So I'm glad that that comes off. Um, yeah, actually, because because my dad was a voice teacher my whole life, he had queer students um, that were that were my babysitters, you know, mm-hmm. and I knew they were gay and. And, you know, we were always just kind of like, yeah, whatever, they're they're around. We didn't, t- I don't remember talking about it a lot. But, you know, I did grow up in a Christian um, um, tradition. Yeah, that's kind of what that I'm interested usually, in. Yeah, that balance. That usually is kind of like, oh, kind of what they, what their general line is, hate the sin, love the sinner. Yep, I know which it well. I, which never, like, sat well with me. Um, but I, and I, I remember actually in college having a conversation with my parents being like, you know, do you, you knew that, you know, and I listed a few of our, their students that were my friends, babysitters. <laughs> I was like, you know, you knew that they were gay. Like, what do you think about that? Because I had a couple of friends in college that were gay and which was a no, no, of course, at my Christian university. Sure. Um, and I was just kind of like, but I, you know, I know that they're not choosing that life. It's just who they are. So mm. how do you deal with that? And they were like, well, you know, we just love them. And I think I'll, at the time they were probably, their minds were changing as well. Mm-hmm. You know, this was 25 years ago, probably. Um, and then actually one of the biggest turning points for me was when I was at OCU and um, I was in a dance class with a friend of mine named Alec Bell. Shout out to Alec. Hey, Alec. <laughs> I haven't talked to him in years. He lives in um, <laughs> um, California now. Um, but uh, Alec also grew up in Arkansas with conservative Christian family. And I remember um, getting coffee with Alec. And um, he just kind of came out to me and said, you know, this is who I am. I... I've known it for a long time and I, I was good friends with him already. And I was just like, that was kind of the last straw for me. I was like, all right, done deal. Hmm. Being gay is not wrong. You are who you are. 
you know, when you're born and, and I am going to stop, you know, pretending that it's a sin and I'm just going to like love anyone that identifies that way. And it's, you know, it's only gotten better since then. Yeah. <laughs> I've mean, only even... gotten more accepting. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, well, it's funny too, just because like, even like the most surface level things that like we, we very first like bonded over, we're like talking about drag race and like so yeah. much queer culture. And, um, I just, I want you to know, and people in the same position as you to know that, um, it really is important and it means a lot to the queer community to have mm. such strong allies, especially now when things, I mean, you, you even shared on your social media, um, like this past week about, um, the art form of drag and how it's, yeah. it's not harmful and, um, yeah. it's kind no, of it's, insane. And that, it's actually the opposite. Like I, I just, these people that are making laws outlying drag, I'm just like, you don't even know what it is. Yeah. I And I've, I've watched Drag Race, not from the beginning, but I don't know, probably from the fifth or sixth season. And if you invest the time to watch it and realize, like when the queens are putting on their makeup before the final runway at the end, there's always some kind of kiki uh-huh. and, um, you know, come to Jesus moment. And I'm like, listen to what they're saying. This is their lives. This is so important to them and not not it's not a covering up. It's a revealing of who you are. Yeah. Like it's, it's so important for people to do this and it's life changing. And how can you watch this show and not love everyone? I mean, the yeah. whole like basis of the show is like everybody say love. Like that's the whole yes. thing. So it is, it's really, really um, frustrating and, and obviously um, dangerous that we are seeing yeah. so much legislature surrounding Mm -hmm. drag in such a negative light um but it's just fear of what they don't know they don't they don't know what they're talking about so they they think it's wrong totally but all of that to say thank you and i Mm. you it 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 goes noticed (laughs) and it's funny that you mentioned um you know oc what, what is it OCU. OCU. Yeah. Um, OCU Oklahoma and, and um, Kristen Chenoweth because she she actually just showed up um, post a performance of Chicago yeah, to chat on stage with that. Jinx. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, you know, in, in a similar vein, they were just speaking of how, like, regardless of your religious affiliation or, or how you grew up, um, you can love. You can show mm-hmm. love to everyone regardless. Um, yeah. And I just love that. So... Yeah, but um, switching gears a little bit, I must talk about your star turn in the original <laughs> Broadway company of the SpongeBob musical on yes, Broadway. Yes, Mrs. Pop was the star of, of the SpongeBob musical, contrary to popular belief. Um, she sure was. When I fucking watched the recording, I was like, that's my friend. But yeah. tell me what what was that like to um to not just make your Broadway debut, but to be in the rehearsal room with like Tina Landau and like Chris Catelli and like uh, these crazy yeah. well known people? Yeah, I mean it was pretty cool. From even from the auditions, Tina Landau. For those who don't know, who for those who haven't studied her viewpoint and technique in <laughs> yes. uh, college, um, she is this like DIY guru. Like she's she's all about divisive theater and 
not device. What is it called? Device. Device. Theater. Not device. <laughs> Divisive theater. <laughs> Tina wants us to hate yes. each other. She, she's really for the divide in our country <laughs> right now. Um, yes, devised theater. And so she's so creative and she's all about using the people in the room to to make what we see on stage. And you know, good on Nickelodeon for choosing her because that's what the SpongeBob musical became. So even in the audition, I remember going to uh, my first callback and, and it was a dance call. And the first thing we did was like have a dance party. She just put some music on and we were all in a circle and we started dancing. And then if you could do like some cool trick, you came out into the middle and did it. And I was like, what is this? I've never had this kind of a... Uh, <laughs> An audition before. Yeah. And then we did, and then she put on some different music. She was like, okay, you're moving under the water, and there's a giant volcano that's erupting behind you. Of course, it made sense later, knowing the plot of the story. Right. Um, but uh, but we were like, okay. And she was like, now move in slow motion. And we kind of did that. It felt like theater games for an audition, <laughs> which was so strange. And then we did eventually act actually do some dance steps so they can see that we could learn dancing. Um, but then, yeah, and Chris Catelli was there too. And Chris is so also really creative. And I feel like his movement is always so organic. It's just r- appropriate with whatever, you know, the genre or the uh, type of music that is. Um, and he can do anything. Um, and he'll, another thing I love about Chris too, is that he'll, if there's something that you don't feel right about or, um, like it feels weird in your body or if it's a little too hard, he's like, great, let's change it. He's not precious about anything. Mm. And he knows that any, a number of things can work. So that's amazing too. It was amazing to be in the room with them creating this show. We worked on it for, uh, a couple of months in the spring of 2016, mm-hmm. which was seven years ago now. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> and then we did our out of town tryout here in Chicago. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, I had never done a new musical before, so all the changes was like kind of a mind fuck of yes. having to deal with all those kinds of things. And then even from Broadway, I mean, from Chicago to Broadway, which there was a year in between, um, there were a lot more changes, new numbers added and some taken out or some changed. Um, and then we even did another workshop in between. So it was, and, and even before I joined, there was like, I want to say eight years of process before that. Sure. Um, yeah, so to find out about how that all goes down was crazy. It was it was definitely the hardest thing I have ever done in my entire life. Wow. But I also, because of that, feel so proud that I created this thing or I ha- helped create this thing and... Um, and it was so special. It turned out to be so great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not all new musicals are great, but I, I really feel like, I know I'm biased, but I feel like the SpongeBob musical is great. Oh my God. <laughs> it is so great. And I have to be honest, I was, I was skeptical. I mean, I, many yeah. were, but you know, when you of first course, hear, I was too. it's like SpongeBob the musical, I was like, oh, really? really? But it turned out yeah. to be like one of the most inventive and like original yeah. things that I'd seen in so long. And that is so true. Yeah. I don't think that many people know just how long the road to Broadway is for a new musical. I mean, I've only, Uh I think I've only worked, um, like legitimately on one new musical, um, Mm -hmm. which was the Flamingo Kid. And I was swinging that Mm. show. So not only were we getting, you know, new pages every day and like strike that and put, add this in and whatever. But I was also like, 
where are you going? Who, who has uh-huh. who has this line now? Oh my god! Where do I go? I was, yes, I was you covering had to eleven so many tracks. <laughs> yeah, I covered Ugh. eleven people in the show, and so like, wow. you know, there's just not enough highlighter colors in the world right. to do that. <laughs> but, oh, I know. I know. But oh, um, my favorite is when they're like, "Okay, we're gonna learn this new number. We're not gonna put it in the show tonight. We're gonna put it in the show tomorrow." <laughs> so you have to like make sure you still remember the old the version old one. that we're doing. Oh my god, it's crazy! Fucking insane. <laughs> but so I know your audition process was it just like an initial appointment for like ensemble was it like you're specifically in for the role of mrs puff and covering people yeah i think it was uh, initially mrs puff the first thing i i think maybe i had read about it or something but my agent called me and he was just like on a scale of one to ten how is your tap and i was like oh i don't know it's like a four how good is your flute playing i was like it's like an eight i'm very good how good is your this and this and this and uh and i I was like what are you getting at and he was like okay well there's this track coming up in the spongebob musical and i think you're right for it so go take a couple of dance classes and brush up on your you know dance and you're gonna go in for the ensemble i was like okay the SpongeBob musical, kind of like everybody's right. reaction. Um, but then I got the sides, and you know, it, it was very silly, and it was really charactery, which I had. A, I had done a lot of children's theater back at that theater I worked at in Houston, so that's kind of like my wheelhouse. I know how to kind of make quick decisions to make a character work, sure, and distinguish them. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, this is funny. I can do this, and and you know, and then obviously, uh, Mrs. Puff is the one that I was being considered for, so um, I worked that up too. Yeah. Wait, what was the question? Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, just that. If you if that was like your initial like what you were initially considered yeah. for. Yeah, that was my first thing with it, and then I went to that dance call, and then I had a final callback, and then they picked me. And for a while, even I think throughout most of our pre-Broadway run here in Chicago. I still felt like a little bit of imposter syndrome. I'm sure. I felt like, why Why did they choose me? There there could have been five other, I could list you five other women who could do this role right now. And I just like got lucky. They just happened to pick me. And I think, you know, it's it's healthy to have a little bit of that to know, <laughs> you know, that, yeah. um, that there are other people who are just as talented. And sometimes it is a lot about being at the right place at the right time. But the more I got to know, like, what? our show and what they were looking for and you know the creativity and the attitudes and the people they wanted I was like no I I am really right for this and I I did need to be in this and so yeah I kind of at the end of it I sort of embraced it and then of course you know you still doubt yourself and there's like pinch me moments um sure but but it was great wow and then when when they announced that it was going to Broadway were were you all like we're all going with the show from Chicago well, yeah, to because originally it was supposed to be immediately after Chicago we were going to go to Broadway. Oh, okay. But, but uh, something happened. Oh, we were supposed to be at the Lunt and something happened and the theater fell through, mm. which is why we had to um, have a year off. And then they offered us the Palace Theater, which they knew was going to be renovated, but they were like, well, it's available now if you want to come in. So we did. And of course, we, a lot of us were like, oh, they're not going to ask us back. They're going to recast the whole show. <laughs> um, which... Almost everybody came back. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a few new people, which you know made it better, and um, and it was great. Yeah. And you had like it the Tony great. Awards performance, and listen, I ha- I say this all the time when people ask me about 
I, I concede that it is highly unusual to get to do an original Broadway show, to get to do the Macy's Parade, the Good Morning America, the Today Show, the Tony Awards, The View, everything. I got to check every single thing off my bucket list. And on top of that, it was a great show. I loved doing it. I met some of my best friends in that show. I was proud of it. Like, that. all of these things never happen. Like... You know, it might be a great show, but, like, everybody's fighting in the wings or, right. you know, or it's, like, critically panned. And so it doesn't do that well and mm-hmm. you don't get to do all the things. But, but man, I, I felt like the luckiest girl. And so, you know, honestly, I think it probably made it a little easier when I was deciding to leave New York um, that I, I, I didn't feel like I was leaving anything on the table. Sure. Um, and of course, you know, if if the right thing comes along, if if Broadway comes calling again, I'll probably <laughs> go back. <laughs> but um, I I didn't feel like oh, if only, if only. Sure. You know what I mean, yeah. And that was that was a, a real gift, which was nice. Absolutely. And now it's also immortalized forever because they recorded uh, the show, which is like come on. That's kind of the the cream of the crop right there. Like that's it the really dream. Really was. It's to like I have mean, your original track fully recorded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, me and, you know, Into the Woods, we're the same. (laughs) The recording that I watched with Joanna Gleason and and Bernadette Peters, that's me. That is you. Greens, greens, nothing but greens. Thank you. Exactly. They're going to be singing along with me to greens, greens, and nothing but greens. Yes. That is so cool. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, and then, so you also went on to um, direct a production of... SpongeBob. Is that yeah. another like avenue or, or facet of your your artistry that you want to hone in on more? You know, I'm interested in exploring it a little more. Um, it was it was quite a daunting task to take on for my first real directorial project. And it was with a theater academy, so it was with kids uh-huh. from about ten to eighteen years old, maybe twelve to eighteen for the most part. Um uh, and the kids were amazing. They were so talented and wonderful. Um, but the SpongeBob musical, for those of you who haven't seen it, there are so many things that go into it. And one of the most um, unusual and special things about it is the uh, foley that is written into the show, which is like sound effects in real time. Mm-hmm. So in you know on Broadway, when um, Ethan, who played SpongeBob, was like walking left, right, left, right, we had the little shoe squeaks that you would hear. Exactly. Oh, that's a really good impression, actually. Oh! <laughs> um, that you would hear if you were uh, watching the cartoon. Or like uh, Squidward, same thing, the little... 
uh-huh whatever he does um <laughs> Um, and that was really cool. And, and a lot of those sound effects are written into the script and there's lines about them. So it's not like you can do it without any Foley effects. Right. Um, so that was really complicated. And then, you know, we didn't have the budget that we have on Broadway, so we couldn't do like a huge volcano wall. So you have to get creative. And that's actually what Tino wants. She wrote it in a, in a, in the show notes of the licensed script, she says, I want you all to get creative, you know, have the cast come up with what, what is Mount Humongous? What does it look like? Mm-hmm. So I really tried to do that with the kids. And of course, kids are so creative. We did one different thing with, um, um, simple sponge, which was my idea. And it worked really well. I thought <laughs> we did, um, shadow puppets instead of the floating oh. sponges. Yeah. And I loved our sponges for simple sponge on Broadway, but, um, the shadow puppets worked really well too. And the kids like made them themselves and, and that was really fun. So it was, it was cool to be creative. Um, yeah, I, it was so stressful just because so much goes into that show. So I'm not sure, if I will do the SpongeBob musical again, <laughs> but maybe if I have more help or something, right. I, I'd consider it because obviously I know the show very well. But um, but uh, but yeah, I I'm interested in a little bit interested in directing. But you know, I I just love I love performing. I love being a part of the team. I don't feel like I need to be the person calling the shots. In fact, before I booked the SpongeBob musical, I. I just said, I just want to be in an ensemble. That's mm. all I want. And then I got to do it because I just like being a being a part of everybody. Yeah. It's really fun. It's it's special and it's something different than yeah. I mean, obviously Mrs. Puff, you had your, your moments to come out of the ensemble sure. and shine, but um yeah, I I even just feel that way about um Chicago because I've never gotten to be in the ensemble. I've o- I've only done yeah. Mary Sunshine, which is such a pleasure right. and a joy to do. But it's so cool. It's so different than you know, doing the overture and yes. everybody's on stage moving together. And it's just, yes. that's so, that's so cool. Um, no, it's really special. So you, you touched on it a little bit, but I am interested to hear a bit more about the eventual closing of the show because of the construction that was inevitable <laughs> based on, yeah. you know, what, yeah, what you we guys, knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, was there always an end date for you guys? Did you always know? No, we didn't always know. We found out, uh, I want to say June. So we had actually a nice long uh, notice. Maybe it was early July. Um, uh, yeah, I, I want to say we had two months notice before we were moving out. And we closed on September 16th. That was 2018. Um, but yeah, we always knew it was kind of inevitable, but... They had postponed it a couple of times, so I think we didn't really think about it being a reality of them actually kicking us out. Sure. And when our producer came down and said, um, all right, we have to leave, we were like, is it the Tonys? Is it because we didn't win enough Tonys? Or <laughs> is it because this and that? And she was like, no, I begged them to let us stay longer. And they gave us like an extra two weeks, I think, because they were going to kick us out at um, Labor Day. Um but they were like, no, you have to be out after that. So it was sad. And I, 
I, I was really disappointed, I have to say, because I, I had in my head when I booked it, I was like, I've never done a Broadway show. I've never done a big national tour. So I want to do two years on Broadway, and I want to do one year on the tour. Uh-huh. And that was kind of like my, my goal, my little mantra. And so I was really disappointed when when it wasn't – we almost hit a year on Broadway. It was close. Yeah. Um, but uh, – but that, I wasn't able to do that. And then they decided to make the tour non-union, which was a real disappointment to me because yes. I couldn't do it. Yep. And I had really wanted to do the tour as well. So it, it was sad. But but honestly, that was the biggest gift that making that recording of, uh, of the show was to me was closure um, because – because I wasn't able to finish out my run or, you know, in my mind yeah. or, um, or do the tour. I, I felt like I didn't have that closure that I wanted. So when they asked us back, um, you know, like the last time I took off my Mrs. Post- my Mrs. Puff costume, I was like, bye girl. See ya. <laughs> um, bye. thank you for your, thank you for your service. Yes. I love you. <laughs> Go with God. It was great. Um, so I was really, really thankful, and now it lives forever, and and I don't ever have to, you know, be sad about anything that didn't happen because it all happened. Yeah, That's great. hell yeah! And yeah. The, who's to say, you know, what what could come next with that show specifically? If there's like a yeah. a regional production that needs well, I think a fabulous about to do it, yeah, I don't know. Ah, I, I actually, I don't think I'd perform it anymore. Oh no, I maybe consult. Mm. No, no, because now, now it's like okay, let the next generation let her let her go. <laughs> Me, Mrs. Puff, I've I've you know completed all I've ticked all my boxes, um, but yeah, I think they're doing it in the UK. They're doing a tour. Oh, nice. I think maybe it's being mounted right now. I don't know if they'll do a West End production. They might, but then I would assume that they'll before too long release the rights for um, you know professional theaters. Mm-hmm. The amateur rights are available now, and schools and community theaters are doing it nonstop. It's everywhere. Crazy. It's great. Yeah. That's so fun, though. It's great. Um, yeah. So I want to ask you, too, about your experience in and out of the audition room um, mm. as a full-figured woman. Because, mm, yeah. and, and forgive me, I don't know, um, like, which specific language you choose to use in terms of, sure. <laughs> like, talking about yourself or whatever, but um, yeah. I'm interested to hear if there is, if you've been met with um, hardships because of the way that you are perceived in an audition room. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't remember a time in an audition room where I've been, like, specifically discriminated against that I could think of. Um, but I certainly haven't been called in for very many romantic leads. Uh-huh. Um, and that really sends a message. It's clear. Or, yeah. you know, or even, like, in... I would say it was more apparent in, like, college or grad school when, like, you're always cast as the mother or... Right. You know the funny one, which I'm. I am funny, so that's fine. Casting is <laughs> the funny character, but you know, I, I, to to feel like you're not even being considered mm-hmm. for the ingenue, even when I was 22, or um, or for the you know romantic love interest. I don't know. It just you always feel that, even if no one ever says to you specifically, you're not right for that. Certainly. Um, but in audition rooms, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's really just the the omission of, of what you're right for. Or even, like, reading breakdowns, 
you know, sometimes I would get frustrated because I'm like, well, I'm only going to get called in for the fat roll yep. or, um, you know, sometimes my agent would send me in for something just if it says plus size. I'm like, okay, I am plus size. That is how I look. But this character is not me. Like, mm. I would never play that part. Right. Like, And I've always shied away from the um, the plus size person who like hates themselves who feels oh, yeah. sorry about themselves even if they have some kind of redemption i don't know i just don't like to perpetuate that narrative totally um and maybe that's true for some people and they do connect with that and i more power to them but that's not me right um so you know that's been an ongoing conversation with my agents and i feel like they're super supportive and um but you know what I feel like it has kind of started to turn the corner mm. in the last few years. Um, you know, Bonnie Milligan was in um, Head Over Heels on Broadway. Uh, yes. Which I which would the lead. kill to see you do, by the way. Oh, <laughs> you <yeah>. would, <laughs> that would be sing fun. the house <laughs> down boots. Yes, I would. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. Um, yeah, so maybe I'll do that someday regionally. Yeah. But, um, or, or um, well, I can't remember their name, but there was a, a, a widely advertised production of Beauty and the Beast, I think at the only theater. Oh, yes, Maine. yes. And um, the person playing Belle was also plus sized. Mm-hmm. And I think the person playing Beast maybe was disabled in some way. I he can't was, remember. yeah, he had one leg. Yeah, Incredible. that's right. So I was like, okay, okay, directors, we're starting to see outside the box a little bit. Yes. That's nice. And then I got called in for, um, a production of Sense and Sensibility for the Emma Thompson role. I was like, what? (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) Yes, of course I can go in for that. Fierce. So I was like, okay, this is making me feel good that people are seeing, you know, uh, overweight, plus-size people, whatever you want to call it, um, as real people and not just the funny one yes not just the sidekick well and i think it's interesting too you mentioned bonnie milligan and um she is a fierce performer and singer and um plus size actor and what's interesting to me about that is that um you know you have a show like head over heels an original original Mm -hmm. new musical it was a jukebox musical but you know completely like new idea and concept and whatever and they um gave bonnie the platform to be the leading lady and so then in productions after the broadway one um Mm -hmm. i always wonder like okay so this this has sort of set the expectation of like well that's the quote-unquote plus sized role or whatever and it's interesting when it's like it's innovative to have a plus size person play a role that's typically really skinny. Wow. We, but like, you know, heaven forbid the, the roles are reversed and like, it's, it's based Mm -hmm. on like, who is the best for the role. It's just interesting to think about. And like, I've, I've, I talked a little bit about it when I um, spoke with Bella Coppola. Um, Mm. She's playing Jane Seymour right now in, um, in six on Broadway. And she's, just mm-hmm. fabulous. I got to see her do it. And oh, she's stunning. Stunning and, and gorgeous and just delicious. And yeah, yeah. She, I also got to see her play Pat in Kinky Boots and I got to see uh, you play Pat in Kinky Boots. So yeah. um, parallels there. But um, I, I talked to her a little bit about how my audition experience with Six the Musical was the first time that I really felt like I was being taken seriously as a non-binary performer. 
And so oh, yeah. I, I, so it's different for sure, but like there are levels sure. of, of parallels where I'm like, yeah, it's, it's about damn time that it's not just you're the funny one or like right. the jokes on you at the end of the yeah. day, you know? I, yeah. And I feel like, like I said, I, I, I have seen some changes some people, directors thinking outside of the box with, um, leads and even, Sometimes I'll see a couple of ensemble members that are plus size. I'm like, see, we can dance. Come on. Period. Yeah, I was that's another thing I was really proud of about SpongeBob too, is that we had all kinds of body diversity in that cast as well. Oh yeah. Was, <laughs> and you were dancing, mama. Dancing, honey. <laughs> for the gods. Oh my god. That was a workout and a half. <laughs> Yeah, you tap hard. dancing in those pink tights. I live. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've always, you know, for whatever reason, I've been lucky to not really grow up with too much body shame. And I really have to fight what the world tells me yeah. about my body, which is that they think it's gross and they don't want to see it. I'm like, no, fuck you. Yeah. I'm gorgeous. Fuck that. And I want to show my body. So mm-hmm. even when we did Gypsy last summer and I was having an initial meeting with Dee, our costume designer, I was like, don't feel like you need to cover me up. Like, I'm fine. I'm a stripper. Period. So I'm supposed to be showing some skin. So we put me in a little, like, um, bik- I mean, for lack of a better word, bikini top or like a tank type thing and a skirt. So I had some little midriff showing. Yes, you did. And it felt amazing. Right. I looked great you too. Looked so good. <laughs> and the titties were popping off. Yes, they I were. Like... They were titting, honey. <laughs> I was like, yes. And I also think, I think people, I for me, who is a confident person, I want to make sure and show my body to people uh-huh. so they can say, so they can be like, oh yeah, there's a person who's confident and not embarrassed about themselves. Mm-hmm. They are beautiful. I can see that. So then maybe they'll look at the next, you know, plus size person as, as beautiful and not someone who should be ashamed of themselves. Yes. Well, and, and just like the simple matter of it not being a point of conversation. Like, yeah, yeah, this is my body. That's your body. Whatever. We're going to tell this story regardless of like the narrative of like being plus sized. I think it's really, um, it, it is, we are turning a corner. Yeah. With, um, even just like the stereotypical, like material that big people are asked to, to do and portray. Yeah. It's no longer you know, like the breakdown or like the, the name of the role that you're auditioning for is like fat, whoever, you know, we're, right, we have right. passed that. That is no longer, which I have played that role. I, well, <laughs> and you cashed your check and you did the job. I know. Like, I, know. I was like, well, I need the money. So. Well, yeah. But like now it's like, okay, let's, let's move past that. We can, yeah. we can cast actors. Yeah. Not. I, I really hope that that's, that's kind of where it's leading. And of course, it's fine to describe someone that way. People look all different ways. Of course. But, but I really hope that it's not always the fat person who hates themselves yep. and wants to change. Totally. Yeah. And I think that um, Mrs. Puff was just such a great example of the fact that, like, she kind of could have been anybody. But of yeah. course, like, you were the best for for her. <laughs> and so you got yeah. to do it. But that's so cool. You know, I also got to meet Mary Jo Catlett, who is the oh voice my of god! Speak. Did she come to the she show? She came to see. She came our last week of shows <gasps> that we were running, and I was starstruck. Of course. <laughs> 
because I've just been listening to her voice mm-hmm. for however long, the last however many years that I've been working on this role. And she was so sweet and kind. And uh, it was it was really exciting. That is so yes. cool. Well, Abby, thank you so much for being Jackie? on the pod. This was so fun. Can you tell the I listeners know. where um, where they can find you on socials and everything? Oh, sure. I'm Abby C. Smith on Instagram. Um, is that all I do? Yeah, I'm not really on Twitter anymore. <laughs> and I, Facebook, I don't. You, you. I only do Facebook with people that I know in real life. Oh yeah. So. Uh, I am on TikTok, but I'm posting things, so don't follow me on TikTok. <laughs> Just post your videos, and then I'll watch and them then, and like them. Yeah, Abby will follow you. Exactly. <laughs> That's how this goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. This was such a treat. Of course. You guys, that's it for another episode of Oh My Pod, You Guys. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to the pod, and you can follow the show on Instagram at Oh My Pod, You Guys. Also, if you liked Abby's interview and want to hear the exclusive extended version, you can listen to it only on BroadwayWorld.com. Thanks so much for listening. Bye! Oh my God, oh my God, you guys. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.